Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends. Welcome to another week of the podcast. On season three, we talked all about added sugar. And the episode on how to cut back on sneaky sugars with Julie Harrington really resonated with you. So I decided to dedicate another episode to the story and talk about sugar in restaurant meals. There's no doubt that eating out or getting takeout can make your life easier. But whether it's fast food or fine dining, many of these meals have a ton of added sugars. If it says sweet honey sauce, coated, glazed, smothered. You know, these are some key words that might equate to added sugars. That's Jim White, a nationally recognized registered dietitian nutritionist and the owner of three Jim White Fitness and Nutrition Studios, three medical nutrition therapy practices, and a workplace wellness corporation. Jim and I talked about how much added sugar kids are really getting, the common sources of added sugars in restaurant meals, and what to look for and what to avoid when eating out. There is a lot of practical advice that you can start using today, and I know you're going to love this episode with Jim White. Well, Jim, welcome to Food Issues. Thanks. It's great to be here, Jolie. Yeah, you know, we were just talking offline and I think I had to refresh my own memory, but I I think I interviewed you several times for articles when I was writing for Fox News. You did. You did. I was a spokesman for the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics for nine years, and we were handling the media when it comes to nutrition and fitness uh, around the country, some of the hot topics. And I definitely remember some of your great interviews. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to have you on. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about your story and and your career path. Wow. So I, I started when I was in high school into the fitness arena. I was the skinny kid that got sand kicked in his face, 135 pound weakling. And, you know, my bro, my older brother was a a marathon runner in college. um, And he, he went to um, a a great college where he, he ran, he was very athletic. And my middle brother was a bodybuilder and my parents were really active. And I didn't get interested in fitness and nutrition until one day, my sophomore year, um, I started weight training And then after that, uh, it was amazing. My energy increased, confidence soared, was sleeping better, building muscle. And as a 16-year-old boy turning into a man, that was very important to me. So as I uh, changed my life pretty much, I realized, wow, you can take up nutrition and exercise science in college. I wanted to help people get the same feelings I got from fitness nutrition And I did just that. I graduated from Youngstown State University with a bachelor's degree, got certified by the American College of Sports Medicine as an exercise physiologist. I moved down to Virginia Beach from Ohio with $400 in my pocket to start a fitness career. And since over the last 20 years, it's been a wild ride. We opened up uh, three fitness studios, uh, two medical nutrition practices, a corporate wellness company and a nonprofit where we provide exercise and nutrition to the homeless. So it's been, it's been a great ride. Wow. That's amazing. I had no idea. That is just wonderful. Um, so let's jump right in and let's talk about sugar in restaurant meals because, you know, research shows that restaurant meals really fail to meet nutrition standards for kids. And so 
Why should kids avoid and and limit added sugars in meals? Well, I think we probably got to start with how much added sugars are in the average child's diet. And there was a study done that showed uh, about 80% of children under two years old were consuming added sugars. And even more recently, uh, the CDC in 2017 and 2018 found the average daily intake of added sugars was 17 teaspoons for children and young adults from 2 to 19. Why is this relevant? It's because obesity is on the rise. In fact, the prevalence of obesity is around 19.3 percent. And that's about 14 million children. And that's what's causing a lot of disease states today. And, you know, who's the contributor? Is it is it the restaurant industry? Is it, you know, a lot of the food companies? You know, is it, uh, you know, the parents? I think it's a, a community effort to help not only decrease a lot of the sugar in our foods that we eat, but also decrease uh, the saturated fat and a lot of the other hidden ingredients that are found in most of these foods. Yeah, and I think the other issue too is when you go out to eat, the portions are huge, even for kids. Absolutely. In Virginia Beach and Hampton Roads, we have a restaurant program. We've teamed up with fifty over 50 local restaurants to help the chefs um, cook healthier options for the community. And in working with them, we see just that. You know, they call it supersized for a reason. These portion sizes are not only one, two, three, or, or even four times as large. If we look from the 1950s, according to the CDC, our average soda has went from eight ounces to 42 ounces, some of the bigger big gulps. Um, and we see this with our burger sizes. We see this with our fries and we can't get away from it. So, you know, as, as we see portion control is higher and that definitely increases the risk for obesity in our children. Yeah, you know, I, I've taken my kids out. Sometimes I take them out for for fast food. And it's probably, I could probably count on, you know, maybe maybe 10 times they've ever had fast food. Maybe if that. And it just bugs me because it's expensive. All the food is just not healthy. It's high in sugar. And it's just, it's kind of a waste of my time too. I mean, I could cook so much quicker, you know, and get dinner on the table a lot faster. Yeah, and I think that's, where, you know, uh, parents, I uh, definitely suggest them going is, you know, cooking with your children. Uh, you know, I think this is something that, that can be very important, showing them, you know, what, what are good foods? What are foods to, you know, put into um, the diet? What are foods that make us stronger? What are foods that give us energy? Those positive words. Because also on the, uh, the other side, you know, a lot of young girls and boys develop eating disorders. So it's really important to have those positive messages in foods. And, and, you know, obviously foods, I'd never say foods to avoid, but foods to moderate. You know, I think, you know, the one fun thing about uh, being a kid is to have, you know, some of your favorite foods every once in a while, just not all the time. And if parents are bringing those kids to um, fast food places, I think we need to stick to a lot of tips such as, you know, maybe limiting sauces and breads or um, some of the sugary drinks or giving the kids a choice, maybe a sugary drink or a dessert, not both. Um, and ordering appetizers instead of the meal. If you look at some of our appetizers, they're the normal serving sizes right. um, as opposed to a meal and, and potentially skipping dessert. Yeah, absolutely. And so what are the recommendations for added sugars and how can we make this really easy for parents? 
Well, this is the, the alarming factor. The Academy of uh, Pediatrics recommends that children under two years of age don't consume any added sugar at all. And kids two or older should have no more than 25 grams of added sugar. So that's about six teaspoons. And so, and, and that's alarming. And the reason why they're setting that so strong is we're seeing a lot of the risk factors that you know, foods that are high in sugar may have on our children. So, you know, this is something we have to look at. Is that reasonable? Um, I think we got to start off, where are we at? You know, how much sugar is your child consuming? Now, remember, the key word is added sugars. You know, there's sugar in a lot of our whole foods, such as fruits and yogurt and, and, and milk. Um, and these are natural sugars. We're looking for some of those added sugars that are hidden in foods. So one of the big recommendations I have for children is measure the consumption by being a little bit more ingredient uh, label savvy and looking at the labels, looking that on the labels now, it says how many added sugars there are and following those guidelines. You know, maybe keeping track of some of the containing foods containing sugar that you buy and limit some of these foods and always look for the hidden sugars. Even a lot of your healthy Foods that maybe a healthy cereal or granola or granola bars or protein bars or maybe some of these foods that you give your children that, yes, they they can be healthy, but maybe they're loaded with added sugars we have to look at. And then finally, serving foods that are uh, nutritious and not processed, you know, fruits, vegetables, lean meats, whole grains, fish, chicken, uh, you know, with the, with the less ingredients. And I understand that, you know, we need convenience as a society, um, but, you know, maybe work in the middle and, and find ways to decrease these sugars in the diet. Yeah. When it comes to restaurant meals, you know, I, I know here and in, in, the, in the East Coast, a lot of the restaurants, or I'd say all of them, you know, they have the calorie counts and that's helpful. But how do you figure out what the sugar content is in those meals? Well, when we're eating out, the good thing is that chains, according and this this was made by law not too long ago from the National Restaurant Association, but chains with over twenty restaurants have to have their um, ingredients, their labels, how much protein, uh, carbohydrates, fat, calories, sugar that are in the food. So some of your big big fast food companies, or even some of your restaurants that have more than 20, you're able to look these up. They have to post them. Um, they always, if you ask them, they'll have um, these menus with the calories uh, when you go into the store, and then they're all online. The tricky part comes with some of your restaurants that are your small mom and pop restaurants. A lot of these restaurants don't have the time to put together how many calories are on the menu, how much sugar is in them. And frankly, in working with a lot of them, a lot of them <laughs> don't want to because, yeah. you know, that that may decrease, you know, people might see that and, and not eat certain foods. Um, however, with that said, the research that was shown at the, the restaurants that um, did provide the calories on label, it didn't deter people too much. I think when people are going to eat something unhealthy, they're going to go for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned before the recommendations for for infants, and there was a 2020 study done in the Journal of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and it found that more than 84% of infants and toddlers consumed added sugars on a given day. That is just so shocking, right? 
And so why do we really kind of need to put more attention to this? Well, I mean, we, we first got to, you know, start off with talking about obesity. You know, we're seeing, so let's take, you know, what are, what are some diseases that are caused by obesity um, that in turn, you know, you know, the sugar epidemic, you know, could be a big part of, and we got to start with diabetes, you know, children, uh, 90% of children that have diabetes is type one, that's a juvenile onset. But what we're finding is type two, which is the adult onset diabetes is now going into more children. So we're seeing more children with type two diabetes, which is an adult onset more than ever. And, you know, a lot of it, it's the lack of exercise and it's the lack of portion control and it's, you know, increased in, in fried foods and sugars and all of it together. So that's alarming. Also, if we look at uh, um, NAFLD, which is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, it's the most common liver disease in children. It affects around five to eight children, which a lot of this is diet related. And even if we look at mood you know, it can be affected by what we eat. So, you know, when it comes to children, uh, school age children, if they're skipping meals, if they're getting too much sugar, that could cause an imbalance, cause, you know, um, that to affect their mood and, you know, really wreak havoc on a, a growing child's uh, body and mind. Yeah. And where do you think all the sugar is coming from in, in this age group? Well, I think that the biggest is, um, sugary beverages, you know, these are empty calories you know, out there, such as um, energy drinks, uh, sodas, juices. I, I mean, that's where they're getting most of their sugars. In just one can of soda, there's 12 teaspoons of sugar. As a dietitian, you should see how many children we have coming into our office, and you wouldn't believe the amount of sodas they're consuming. I had a I had one of our um, clients come in the other day and he was a 16 year old boy and he was drinking seven Dr. Peppers a day. Wow. And I had to, I had to call his um, parents in to talk to them because it's, it's, you know, these children, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a family effort really, because under age 18, you know, uh, it's what is being bought in the house. How's it going to be introduced? So if you look at those seven Dr. Peppers, I mean, seven times 12, and we're looking over 100 teaspoons of sugar a day um, for that child. So that's where most of it's coming. And it also is coming from many of our foods, even a lot of our healthy foods. Sugar is in everything. And so that's why it's really important to parents and even children. Um, they're getting more savvy when it comes to nutrition to look at these labels and recognize where it's coming from. Yeah, I think in the infant and toddler uh, group as well, there's also just so many more snacks now, even within the last 10 years, there's there's so many, you know, um, puffs and pouches and so many <laughs> different right cookies and just on the go snacks for kids. And if you don't read the labels, you're not realizing how much added sugar is in those. Yeah. And I, so I think it continues on trending because the marketing you know, the marketing towards these foods for kids is unbelievable. And you're right. And, and I don't want um, people to be deceived by some of these um, really trendy snacks that, you know, yes, might have healthier options, but, you know, just because it's organic, um, just because it may be gluten-free um, doesn't mean that it still, you know, doesn't have calories or sugar in it. So we have to be aware of, um, even a lot of the healthy foods have 
um, sugar out there. So that's something we definitely got to look at. Yeah, absolutely. So Jim, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to help people really kind of sift through all this and make great choices when they eat out. If you want mealtimes to be easier and less stressful, getting your kids in the kitchen is one of the best things you can do. I know that it's really encouraged my kids to eat their vegetables and try new foods, and it's given them a ton of confidence in the kitchen. But if you don't know how to cook or you don't like to cook, the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse is for you. This course was created by a mom of four and former elementary school teacher, and it's designed to build connection, confidence, and creativity in the kitchen. With Kids Cook Real Food, you'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping lists, and kid-friendly recipes like Tex-Mex white bean dip and homemade pizza. The course is designed for all kids ages two to teen and has three different skill levels. Your kids will learn how to crack eggs, cook rice, make a salad, and safely use knives, the oven, and appliances. If your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, no problem because the course has a ton of substitutions. My kids and I have taken the course and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken the course and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. You can sign up by going to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. We all know that kids love their snacks, but finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable isn't always easy. That's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids really love the skinny dip dark chocolate almonds and Lara bars, especially coconut cream pie. So delicious. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products, and clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. So Jim, let's get really practical here. Let's talk about restaurant meals specifically, both kids meals and meals on the main menu. So what are the common sources of sugar? Well, we're seeing it in a lot of your sauces. Sauces contribute to a lot of the hidden sugars out there. So let's take, for instance, ketchup. Per one tablespoon is four grams of sugar per one tablespoon. And, you know, (laughs) how many tablespoons, you know, when you're getting your French fries and, you know, dipping it in, you'd be surprised of how many that adds up. If we look at our barbecue sauce, in just one teaspoon, there's eight grams of sugar. In ranch dressing, which has a lot of fat. So, you know, I I know we're talking a lot about sugar, but we have to talk about saturated fat. You know, we need a little bit in our diet, you know, right around that seven to 10%. But if we start increasing our diet and going well over in saturated fat, that could lead to things such as high cholesterol, 
um, later on, and of course, increase uh, the risk for obesity. But in two tablespoons of ranch dressing, there's one gram of sugar. If we talk about mole sauce, in two tablespoons is six grams of sugar. And in tomato soup, you know, we have a lot of restaurants now that are doing soups. And not only does it contain added sugar, but now we're talking about high amounts of sodium. So again, you know, we're talking a lot about sugar today, but you know, there's sodium, which is, can be a concern for children. There is saturated fat, there's sugars, and the list goes on and on. So, you know, I, I understand it's, it can be very hard when we're parents and we're running around and we're busy. You know, the, the, the biggest thing is trying to feed them, let alone to analyze this. But, yeah. you know, just taking these small steps when we go out, looking at the sauces, you know, that's, that's pretty important. Okay. Are there other ingredients that we should be leery of, kind of like marinades, anything else? Yeah. You know, I think when it comes down to it, we have to look at some of those key words. If, if it says sweet, honey sauce, coated, glazed, smothered, you know, these are some key word that might equate to added sugars. And, you know, when it comes to cuisines, a lot of people ask, you know, what's better? Is it Chinese? Is it Japanese? Is it, you know, uh, Italian? And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I, I feel that in any cuisine, you could work on limiting your sugars. Obviously, with things like Chinese food, there's going to be a lot of sauces, a lot of sugary sauces. That's something we got to look for. Um, in, in Italian food, you know, you're going to have a lot of um, tomato sauce bases. And again, tomatoes are good. Do they add in added sugars in some of your um, sauces there. Absolutely. We just have to be aware and watch our portion sizes. The Mediterranean cuisine is really good because it cooks with a lot of natural ingredients, limits processed food, uses a lot of natural seasonings, and it cooks with healthy oils. So that's something that can be good. But any cuisine, um, you know, can, we can avoid added sugars, um, you know, especially if cooked at home using whole ingredients. Yeah. How do you feel about sushi for kids? Can they eat raw fish? You know, that's something that we kind of um, recommend a little bit later. Usually kids um, don't like the taste of sushi um, just because of the, the mouthfeel, especially if it's a picky eater. But what I would do is start to introduce more of like California rolls and uh, more vegetarian rolls. And then as they get a little bit older, you can start introducing um, some of the um, sushi options. The one thing about sushi is, you know, the sugar water and the white rice that, you know, can be, um, you know, increase that insulin um, intake. Again, these foods can be um, done, eaten moderately, but there's a lot of places now that are incorporating brown rice. Um, the one thing I don't like about white rice all the time is it has a low amount of fiber. So by having sushi with brown rice, um, by looking at the rolls that are less fried, and, uh, you know, take off the uh, masago sauce, which is higher in sugar and going with a low sodium soy sauce. Uh, those are some of the changes that can, you know, improve one's health. OK, great. So what are some easy tips for parents when they're eating out or taking out or, or any time they're eating away from home? Yes. One of the great strategies when eating out and dining out is looking up the menu before you go. Because what happens is when you're there, you know, you're busy, the kids are <laughs> running around uh, and, and you just you just want to order. But if you um, look it up beforehand, that's something me and my wife do. We have two kids. We have a two year old and a four year old. And we look up to see what's 
on the menu for us because, you know, it's, I think it's important to model good eating behavior for children and then for them. So that way you are prepared and you know what to get. I think asking for substitutions is a great way, you know, to, you know, decrease some of these unhealthy foods. So, you know, if it is something that is, uh, say, um, you, you decide to get a chicken sandwich and there's fries with it to get a fruit cup, um, you know, for the children that has, you know, a lot of antioxidants, has a lot of fiber, and then you have protein in the chicken. So, you know, making some substitutions um, would be a great option. You know, I think, again, is giving the kids choices, you know, because telling them what to do, and this is kind of, you know, we work in a gym here and, you know, there's one thing of telling clients how to exercise, but we need to educate them. So educating children, but giving them some freedom to make their own choices and make those good choices. You know, I don't know about you, but growing up, you know, you know, being told this is bad, this is good. Um, you know, you end up craving, you end up wanting uh, some of the bad foods because it's so restricted for so long. So giving them some freedom, having them enjoy those foods, educating them and and having them pick and, and, and getting some good, healthy options is, is really good. And, and, you know, I think when it comes down to it, you know, ask questions about how the meal's prepared. You know, when it come, when a chef comes out or, or, or the waiter, you know, ask, uh, you know, how much salt's in it, what are the extra sauces? It's good to educate yourself because especially when you're trying to eat healthy, you know, um, this is a way where you can have a little bit of uh, control over the food rather than food having control over you. Yeah. And I think another great way to, to kind of cut down the sugar and, and, and the calories and the fat and all of it is to look at the appetizer menu for you and your kids and, you know, or, or split up a main meal. That's a great way too. Absolutely. And, you know, food is expensive. You know, that's why I always recommend to cook at home because, you know, it can really add up, especially if you're going out to eat three, four, five, six days a week, which we see a lot of times in these school-aged children. But you're right. You know, getting these appetizers as a meal, splitting the meal, and then you have something to go home with and you're not eating those big portions. This is a great way to not only save money, but also save calories when dining out. Yeah, absolutely. And and in terms of fast food, what are your recommendations around that? What's the best? Is there the best or should are there certain things people should look for? You know, it gets challenging because, I mean, if you if you go and look at some of the calories of these fast food places just in one, you know, um, moderate hamburger with fries and a soda, we're looking at a thousand calories. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, around 50 percent of a school age children's diet. So, you know, I, every once in a while, I think it's okay to have, you know, a treat here and there. And that's what I like to, to say a treat. I, I never like to say, you know, a lot of people say cheat meals. And I think that leaves it a, like you shouldn't have it. I think having a treat every once in a while, um, you know, and, and just educating kids that these foods, we can have these every once in a while, but, you know, it doesn't give us the best fuel to, you know, to exercise and to think clearly. You know, when we eat, when we're eating some of these healthier foods and making these substitutions, um, you know, we're 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 going to be growing more and we're going to be, you know, feeling better. So I think kids start to understand that. So if we look at a, a typical, you know, let's say a typical Happy Meal at a, a restaurant, McDonald's has coined that um, so much, but so many other restaurants have had it. You know, let's just say there you do, um, you know, a lot of these places are adding you know, maybe grillless uh, chick or grilled chicken nuggets 
or apple slices or yogurt or, um, you know, skim milk um, or, or chocolate milk. So there are options out there that the fast food uh, restaurants are answering and they have to because parents are, you know, making a big deal out of these. You're seeing these documentaries um, that are out there. And it started with Supersize Me that was talking about, you know, how um, unhealthy some of these fast food and restaurant food places can be. So they are answering and they are providing more healthier foods than ever. Now it's up to the parents while they go, if they decide to go, to introduce these healthier options to their children. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jim White, thank you so much for your time today. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work? They can visit jimwhitefit.com and there's great nutrition and fitness information. And we're located in Hampton Roads um, and uh, we do telehealth all over the country. So if, if they're interested in nutrition counseling or just has a question, have them visit our website. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time today, Jim. Thank you. That was a great interview with Jim White. Be sure to check out his website and follow him on social media. If you're enjoying Food Issues, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review so we can reach more people. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, and I'll see you next week.